I've gone by many names. Lucifer, ruler of the world, prince of the power of the air, the devil. But you might commonly refer to me as Satan. I've spent generations working to persuade people off God's path to walk down a broader, wicked way. While Jesus came that you might have life, I have come to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said I was a murderer from the beginning, and I do not stand in truth because there's no truth in me. When I lie... I speak out of my own character, for I am a liar and the father of lies. So from the beginning that you read of in Scripture, the beginning you know of, since then I have been your enemy, prowling around the earth like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You wouldn't believe the number of people I've captured. Is it millions was the number billions. I can't even remember anymore. I can't keep count. I I know I won't win in the long run, in the end, but boy, do I love to have people lose alongside me. It's not as hard to take people captive as you might think. Get them to question God's word a little bit. You remember Eve? Maybe get them to taste the passing pleasure of sin. Do you remember Lot's family and his wife when she left a place of sin? Maybe I get you to ignore the wisdom of God and and get you to surround yourselves with unholy influences. I mean, even look at the life of Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, yet he seemed to ignore it often in his life. See, to get people captive, it doesn't take them long to get hooked. But I have an insatiable appetite for souls. The ones that I have captive, to be honest with you, they bore me. I need more. And can I tell you who I really want to capture? Christians. The people I really, really want, not the ones I already have, but the ones I really desire to take hold of and hold hostage, they're the ones who've already committed themselves to Jesus. It's the people who have found truth in God's word, who have experienced his great love. Those are the souls I would really love to get. If I can win those who belong to the light, can you imagine how dark this world would be? But they can be really difficult to get at times. I'll be honest with you. Because they have this God of the universe on their side. And I'm really powerful, but I'm not him by any stretch of the imagination. Let me tell you another truth about Christians. They still sin. I've seen it. Christians still sin. And they sin. They give into their flesh. They disobey God often, maybe more often than you would even know. But the issue is they have this merciful God, a Savior who's washed them in his blood. And my power is great, but it is not greater than the blood of Jesus. So I have to try to find some creative ways to keep people in their sin. Because if I can get a Christian stuck in sin, 
and get him stuck in this cycle where he just continues to sin over and over again, maybe they'll give up on following Jesus one day. Maybe that burden will be so great that they will just stop trying. Maybe they'll turn their back on the straight and narrow and choose to follow a broad path and follow their pleasures. Maybe they'll join the many who have followed me. I've seen many Christians who struggle with sin. And from my many years of experience, can I tell you what I would want you to do if I wanted to keep a Christian in sin? From all my experience as Satan, if I could tell you what I would hope a Christian would do to keep you in sin, here's what I would have you do. First, I'd have you keep your sin a secret. If I wanted to get you stuck in sin, Christian, and stay there, I'd have you keep it a secret. Jesus is the light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That light, Jesus, he's come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Does it surprise you how much scripture I know for being Satan? Oh, I know it. But you see those people who love the darkness rather than the light? Those people, they're my people. Those people, that's my kind of crowd. Do you want to know why those who love darkness hate the light? For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. When we come into the presence of Jesus, when you come into the presence of Jesus, Christian, all of your sin, all of your darkness is exposed. It's like a bright flashlight in the middle of a pitch black night. It reveals what's there. It's like a black light that removes all those dirty spots that you might not see on your own. The light exposes the darkness. It convicts the darkness. And it shows the darkness what it really is. It shows it for being sin and for having a terrible consequence. But when you expose the darkness in your life, can I tell you a little secret that maybe you don't realize that I understand? When you expose the darkness in your life... Your darkness loses its power. When you share your sin and you confess it, that hole that that sin had on you, it's released. You lose your power. Christian, when you confess your sin, do you realize that you have a God who is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness? So when you bring your darkness to the light, your darkness loses its power. That power the sin held over you, the fear of being rejected, the guilt of doing wrong, the shame that is held upon your shoulders for what you've done, all of that loses its power when you bring it to the light. You have a father who's faithful to forgive you. He's deeply in love with you, and he's looking not to condemn, but he's looking to forgive. You even have a church family he's given you that won't reject you for your sin. Or make you feel more shame. But knowing your sin, when you repent and confess, they accept and love you despite or in spite of your sin. And so when you bring your darkness to the light, and to the people who walk in the light, and they forgive and accept you, you defeat the power of darkness. And I hate that. Please don't share your sin. Please don't confess it, because... If you don't share it, if you'll keep your sin a secret, if you'll hide it and not tell anybody, I can continue to pile shame 
and guilt and fear and the idea that you might be rejected on top of you and I can pile it upon you, so please don't confess your darkness. Let sin keep its power over you. You know what else I would have you do? Not only would I have you keep it a secret, I'd have you try to fight it all on your own. That's what I want you to do. In this spiritual war against sin, and make no mistake, it's a war. I've been fighting this battle a very long time. All of my existence, it seems. In this war, I've noticed that the Christian has many tools at its disposal. And instead of putting on the armor of God, I would rather you try to fight it all by yourself. Don't use the word of God like Jesus did when I tempted him. Don't be able to reply to your temptations or to the devil with scripture. No, don't use the word of God. Don't saturate yourself in prayer, allowing the spirit to strengthen you in your battles. Instead of letting spiritual disciplines fortify you, clench your fist. Try to white-knuckle change yourself out of this situation. Just try with all your might, all on your own. That's what I want you to do. Don't seek counsel or wisdom. Keep it to yourself. I know God gave you a church family to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, but instead of letting them walk this road with you, trying to help you in your battle of sin, how about you go on it, go through it alone? Ignore what God said about two being better than one or how three cannot be broken. You don't need anyone to pick you up when you're down. You don't need anybody. All you need is you. Trust me. You got this. If you take a coal away from a fire, it doesn't take too long until that coal burns out. And that's what I hope you do. I hope you'll try to fight the spiritual battle all on your own so that you'll lose your fire. Because if you'll do that, you are far easier to pick off by yourself. But there's more. If I wanted to keep you in sin, I'd have you compare yourself to others. I hope you judge yourself by others every day of your life. Sure, Christian, you might have some sin in your life that you need to handle, but look around. This whole world is filled with darkness. You've seen it, right? I've done a pretty good job of spreading it. Your sin isn't nearly as bad as the sin all around the world, right? I mean, look at that one friend on Facebook. You see how they talk? You don't talk like that most times. Do you see that neighbor that lives that certain lifestyle that's ungodly? You're you're not that bad. We have murderers and all kinds of criminals in our society, and that's not you. You're not them. So relax. Take it easy. Your sin's not a very big deal. Others have it much worse than you. And, yeah, there's, there's people worse than you, so compare yourself. But maybe do the opposite, too. I look around you tonight. Just look to your left and to your right for a moment, or behind you. Do you see those Christians? I bet most of them are much holier than you. You're not as good as the people around you tonight. I bet nobody in here struggles with what you struggle with. I bet nobody can relate to your temptations Nobody here has said what you've said or has done what you've done. You're not as good as they are and you will never be. So why try? Why try to be holier? Why try to become more like Jesus? It's inevitable that you will sin and you can never be as good as they are. So please, for my sake, compare yourself to people who are worse, to those who you think are better. Because either way, if I can get you to not compare yourself to what God says about you, I like my chances a lot better. 
But I have two more for you that I've seen in my experience. If I want to keep you in sin, I'd have you give yourself zero grace. Please forget the entire reason why you have salvation. Please forget why you have this relationship with Christ in the first place. You you know that verse in Ephesians 2 that says, For you have been saved by grace through faith, and it's not your own doing. It's the gift of God. I think one of your preachers here gave a bad sermon on that once. Now that verse, ignore that. It is your own doing. It's not because of his grace. Remember earlier in that chapter when he would say, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ? Yeah, forget that verse. The cross wasn't because God so loved the world. The cross was because you had to be so good. For there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I hope you'll change that to there is now condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's what I want you to believe. I want you to believe that you have to earn your salvation. I want you to think you have to be good enough. I want you to feel lost every time you sin despite your best efforts. I want you to feel like you have to be everything and have it all together all the time. I want you to think that success spiritually means being perfect. And I want you to think being perfect is attainable. Because if I can get you to believe that your salvation is wholly dependent upon you being good enough and perfect, man, what a burden you're going to carry. That yoke is not easy and it's not light. That's burdensome. You'll be weighed down. You'll question your salvation. And most of all, you'll never experience the most wonderful gift, the most wonderful blessing that Jesus offered you with grace. So please be really hard on yourself and don't give yourself any grace. But I have one more. I'd have you justify your own sin. Instead of seeing your sin as an action against God and trying to remove it from your life as best you can, I would hope you would justify it. Make excuses for it. Try to reason it into being acceptable or justifiable. Maybe some justifications like, oh, I need it. I can't help how I feel. The heart wants what it wants. Everybody's doing it. I wouldn't have said that if she didn't say this first. Well, I need an outlet. If they would fulfill their side of the situation, I wouldn't even have to do this. Oh, how long the list of justifications are and how sweet they sound in my ear. So I hope you'll justify your sin because if I can get you to believe you're right in sinning, You may not be too many turns away from following a different path. One justification turns to two, which turns to four. And next thing you know, you're walking contrary to the one that you know in Christ. So please justify your sins. Fall in love with your flesh. Fight your conscience that tells you the truth about what God has said about your sin. It will be a nice victory for me if you'll do so. I'm going to assume you've never heard a sermon from Satan in your life. Is that the first? But I imagine that's something he would say, don't you? I was thinking this week, every single one of us were washed in the blood of Jesus, and yet we still struggle with sin. We're not perfect when we come out of the waters. We never will be, but we have these sins, and, and we try our best. And what hit me this week was, how often I think we respond to our sin in ways that Satan actually wants us to. 
how many of us respond to our sin the way Satan wants us to? Were there any items in that list that you might find yourself struggling or doing? Do you have a sin that you particularly struggle with in your life? I would imagine every single one of us in here do. How many of us keep it a secret? How many of us are so afraid to tell anybody about it? Because if they knew how bad we were, if they knew what I struggled with, they wouldn't love me or accept me. They wouldn't forgive me. They'd look at me differently. When people come up to me and they tell me, well, they just don't get it. They wouldn't understand. And they tell me maybe their sin or temptation. I I typically kind of chuckle in my head because I can think of about 20 people that struggle with that sin in the church. We should understand each other far more than we think we do. So many of us struggle with the same things, but yet we keep it a secret. Because we think if we share it, that's scary and uncomfortable. But yet what happens when we share it is our sin loses its power. The more we bring our darkness to the light and he exposes it, the less powerful our darkness becomes. That doesn't mean that necessarily your sin, you better come to the front row for everything in your life. It might depend upon the nature of the sin in terms of your response, but you need someone to talk to about those sins you really struggle with in your life. You need some people you can confess to because what happens is when I tell you what I struggle with and you say, well, you know what, brother, I love you. Thank you for telling me. You're not alone in that. The shame goes away. The fear goes away because I've still been accepted by my brethren. How many of us try to do things all on our own? We are so tired of hearing these sermons that say we need to read our Bible and pray more. We need to confess. Maybe we need to fast. Okay, you don't hear that sermon. At least not for me, probably. But we're tired of those. But yet, if we're being honest, how many of us have consistently devoted ourselves to disciplines that God said help, God says helps us in our spiritual warfare? Have you ever noticed how when your scripture reading or Bible reading and your prayer life diminishes... How temptation rises and your willingness to stand against it drops. We try to do this on our own, away from the devices God has given us to help us. We try to do this whole spiritual warfare thing on our own, away from the church often. We don't tell people our problems. We don't invite them in on our journey and on our struggles. We try to white-knuckle change, you know what I'm talking about there? Just, hey, grit it and bear it. You can do it on your own. Do you really think you could do this on your own? Don't you think you need Jesus and his church and his help? How many of us compare ourselves often? We're working on ourselves, but it just seems like maybe we're not good as those other Christians. Or we don't have it together like they have it. Or why do I struggle with this more than they do? And it discourages us and maybe keeps us in this cycle of sin. Or maybe we think, hey, I I got it pretty good because there's a lot worse out there. And we don't respond to our sin the right way. How many of us give ourselves zero grace? Do you ever feel like you have to have it all together all the time? Do you have to be hit this standard and it feels like you can never hit it? You ever been there with the sin, you're working on it, and you're getting better and better, but that first time you fail, it feels like all your progress was for nothing. I go back to square one. We give ourselves zero grace. 
If the Lord of the universe can look at us and say, I forgive you after we've sinned, shouldn't we be able to maybe forgive ourselves? To give ourselves a second or third or many chances? Maybe we need to see success spiritually in a different way. Instead of saying, I have to be perfect, I have to be striving to be more holy and just get to work and let God figure the rest out. Do we justify our sin? I think our whole world loves to justify sin. Do we do it? Do we have those lies that we tell ourselves? I appreciate you allowing me to do something different tonight. I've never preached a sermon like this in my life. It's weird and uncomfortable. But I wanted to give you maybe a perspective you've never thought of. And what I wanted to share with you tonight was, if you're struggling with sin, that's not foreign. That's common among man. And it's even common among Christians. But how you respond to it matters. Are you responding in ways that Satan would like you to? It might be tonight that there is something on that list that you need to work on. Maybe I need to share my sin with somebody. Maybe I need to confess more often. Maybe I need to invite people on this walk with me. Maybe I need to be a little more gracious to myself. I'm willing to be gracious to others, but I won't forgive my own self. How does that work? Maybe we need to work on not justifying our sin. By looking at it and saying, it doesn't matter why I did it, I did it. And it's sin and I should work on it and I'll admit it to God and we'll try again. Or maybe we should stop comparing ourselves to others and just look at what God talks and what he says about us and follow that and view ourselves in the light of what God says and not what the world does or what our other Christians are doing. I don't know if any of those apply to you tonight, but I hope maybe it impacted you in some way. Um... Have you come to the light? If you're not a Christian, with all your darkness, there is a wonderful, merciful Savior that you can bring every dark part of you to. And His light will expose it, and He will get rid of its power. Because we have a wonderful God who can forgive anything. A wonderful God who is so filled with love, you and I cannot comprehend it. Have you brought your darkness to the light? Christian, Maybe there's some sin in your life that you need to work on and you, you've held it in with, within you for so long. Maybe tonight you need to bring it to the light. I promise you, if you are worried about us rejecting you, we will not reject you. We'll hug you. We'll say we love you. We want to help you. I don't know if any of those apply to you, but if they do and you need to respond tonight, you may come now while we stand and while we sing.